Hi, this is Jim. And Ralph. And we welcome you again to uh, Psychology Takeaway, the podcast where we attempt to look at uh, new things in the world of psychology and uh, attempt to relate them to you and your life. Uh, And today we're going to be talking about some things that, uh, well, for at least uh, almost a half a billion people on the planet, which then is, you know, a fairly decent percentage. Uh, well, when you think of it, Jim, that's that's half the population of India. Mm-hmm, yeah, uh, or all of the population of uh, the United States. And yeah. uh, we're going to be talking about um, a new study that came out of the University of Warwick uh, on depression and sleep disorders. But before that, Ralph, you're going to kind of give us some background on both of those, right? Right. Well, you know, the the interesting thing, Jim, to me is that uh, when you talk about uh, major depressive disorders and insomnia, uh, we have traditionally thought of those as two separate things. But uh, we've got some research that goes all the way back to uh, 2008 with Boosie and 210 with Stainer, uh, and these the studies ages. have really proved that that they're highly comorbid, that they, they kind of go together. Uh, so major depressive disorder can give rise to insomnia. Insomnia can be a pre- precursor to a major... Uh, a depressive event, sure. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, and, you know, they, these both these conditions, uh, are characterized by uh, the dysregulation in the amygdala and uh, the uh, the anterior cingulate, the yeah. insula, the medial prefrontal cortex connectivity. Right. So you know they're basically uh, things that you would expect to find. Uh, in uh, in related diseases uh, of the brain. Yeah, you know, Ralph. The interesting part of this is that uh, we've become so specialized that some uh, neurologists look at just the amygdala, some just the prefrontal cortex, and as we've seen in the last couple of weeks, these things are all connected, and so something that is. Uh, dysfunctional in one area can trigger dysfunction in another. And so it's a lot more complicated than we previously had thought, just like everything's more complicated than we previously thought. So, you know, I don't know whether you've had uh, this experience, Jim, but I think I certainly have, and I think a lot of people have, where, uh, you know, you go hopefully a short time, maybe a week, uh, where uh, you wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning and your mind is just spinning. And uh, Ralph, sometimes Ralph, at least... Ralph, 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 Ralph. No, 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 that's, that's not 3 o'clock in the morning. That's P o'clock in the morning. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, uh, you know, some of the time when I've had that, uh, I, I haven't had anything that I can uh, kind of put my finger on and get my mind working on it's just you know kind of 
spinning over and over, and, uh, you know, my brain is sort of going jump, jump, jump from one thing to another. Uh, but if that happens to you uh, long enough, and uh, what we, again, as we said just a minute ago, uh, bad sleep is a core symptom for depression. Uh-huh, right. You know, that... Um that kind of waking up and boop, 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 and it's, and it's not really depression, but uh, it's kind of anxiety. And uh, people who have anxiety disorders often morph into depressive uh, disorders as well. Um, but that, that kind of waking up and being revving for some kind of unknown reason uh, and then fighting to get back to sleep because you know you're losing, uh, you're losing sleep time, and that begins to help or make people worry as well. Like, oh, my word, it's now 4 o'clock in the morning. I have to get up at 6. I'll never be, you know, I'll never get enough sleep. And they, they worry yeah. about it. So the anxiety and worry then can later turn into, uh, or at least uh, are correlated with uh, depressive events. Yeah, and the, the interesting thing, Jim, is that, uh, you know, this spins out into other areas you wouldn't necessarily immediately think of, like short-term memory and yeah. your sense of self. Uh, so, you know, uh, and uh, I think Mark Twain may have, have said it best when he said, uh, you know, the, uh, the thing with dates in everybody's life is there are two early important dates. One of them is the date you were born, and the other is your date is the date when you figure out why. <laughs> okay. Hey Mark, you're a you're a font of Mark Twainisms. I think you've uh, <laughs> given us several on our podcast. So that's yeah. Um yeah, uh, and that's what the brain does. You know, the brain tries to figure things out, and uh, if it can't, it gets worried, and that worry can lead to depression as well. I think that's probably one of the reasons that we're seeing so many um, uh, depressed or worried people uh, now with the uh, pandemic. You know, we've got so much competing information that we can't figure out You know, whether it's a a weapons lab or a, a, a what, what you've been in China, Ralph? What do they call those things? The, the wet market? Yeah, the wet market where uh, live critters are sold to people who want to take them home and have them for lunch. Yeah, uh, right. And I mean, we wanna... we can't even pinpoint you know just where this thing that's been such a a uh, focal point in our lives for the last two years where it be, you know even came from. So that creates a lot of uncertainty, which leads to anxiety, which could lead to depression. Yeah, and it's it's also, you know, one of the things that uh, you and I were just talking about when we were talking about uh, the price of gas in our local area. Uh, you know, we've gone from having, um, worrying about COVID and the pandemic and almost immediately after they said, well, I think we've, we can say the pandemic is essentially over, we've gone into now we have to worry about war and uh, inflation. 
And so, you know, for some of us, particularly those who have a tendency to anxiety disorder, there really is no surcease in 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 this. There's always something that is uh, likely to cause worry. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, an excellent point. And uh, I want to uh, introduce a word uh, to you, and uh, it's one that Sheila and I were talking about earlier today. And uh, and then we can go back to the Warwick study. But the word is languishing. And uh, if we have enough time on this podcast, uh, I'll talk a little bit about it. Um, And if uh, our listeners go down to um, uh, learn more, they'll see a TED Talk on uh, languishing. Stop languishing and get into flow, I think, is what um, uh, Adam Grant uh, has to say. But we'll look, we'll move it to to Warwick and uh, okay what so Warwick did a study uh basically uh of young people 22 to 35 in what was called the human connectome project and they did okay. functional MRI scans and they they found changes in brain activity uh measured by changes in blood flow. And uh, so they found 162 links uh, with depression and insomnia in terms of of blood flow. Interesting. Okay. So my recollection in that study is that it's, for the most part, diminished blood flow, right? It's not an abundant blood flow. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So, now, one of the things that that we've done, Jim, when we talked about various uh, disorders or orders or uh, psychological tricks and and, uh, ways of looking at the world, uh, often we've said, well, we know this is linked with this, but we don't know of anything you can do about it other than be aware and if you find yourself feeling like you're depressed, maybe talk to somebody. But yeah, right. now, uh, as a result of this Warwick study, uh, what they're saying is maybe uh, a, a program of repetitive transcranial magnetic stimulation, so RTMS is what it's usually called, could be used to depression linked sleep lessons. So they, yeah. they used uh, uh, a, mag- a magnet uh, to stimulate parts of the brain uh, in instances when medication and psychotherapy fail to help the patient. So if you think about an MRI, it's a similar sort of, sort of thing. We are uh, putting the patient in a place where their head can be exposed to uh, transcranial magnetic stimulation. So magnetic energy can be passing through their head. And you know, Ralph, this is help. You know, let's put this in context. Remember that we used to watch uh, horror movies when the mad scientist was uh, you know, putting magnets on uh, the, the head of the, uh, the, the victim? Or back in the day when people would be put into magnetic 
boxes and had a, a magnetic field, you know, kind of uh, uh, rotated around them. And we thought that was pretty uh, bizarre and out there. But what you're saying yeah, well, with this uh, well, trans, yeah, it, it's it's real. It's it's helpful. And it seems to work. Uh, and it seems to work and, and with patients who have uh, had psychotherapy fail them and uh, medication fail them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In fact, down um, in our Learn More section, I put a, a uh, an article from Mayo Clinic, and they talk about um, transcranial uh, uh, stimulation uh, as a technique. It's a non-invasive technique that somehow, and they're not sure how, uh, seems to help with uh, both sleep problems and uh, and de- depression. And for you and I, you know, it, talking about it, probably the magnetic field opens up or stimulates the flow of blood. Well, that could be, or there, you know, there. There's always the question of is this a placebo effect, and uh, mm-hmm. the, the people feel they're they're getting a new type of cure, so they feel better. Uh, uh, always a possibility. But uh, when we were talking earlier, Jim, you said that there was maybe some possible uh, confounds or problems uh, that the Mayo Clinic has brought to light? Yeah. As a matter of fact, um, when you go down in the article, um, uh, it it's, looks really you know pretty interesting. And then you get down to, oh, about halfway through, and... It has um, uh, uh, side effects, and uh, some of the side effects are not great. Um, one of them that's rare but is touted as a side effect uh, is uh, the development of seizures or the development of a uh, mania, um, particularly in, if you have a bipolar disorder, more uh, likely to be to become more manic. There's even um, a, uh, a thing that's interesting. It's uh, uh, hearing loss. Uh, another thing, lightheadedness, uh, headaches. Apparently, this thing, these these um, are a little bit loud. Now, I typed into Google um, transcranial stimulation, and I got a whole bunch of... Um, Machines that you can use. I guess you put them on your head, and and you know it's not exactly the tin hat kind of thing. But there were images of a lot of them, and they they're cheap. They sell for like a hundred and sixty-five to two hundred dollars. Um, and so this would make people uh, who have depression or or have a, a sleep problem uh, perhaps prone to go out and give these a try. But the uh, folks at Mayo. Uh, say that, you know, there are some side effects and uh, probably don't use it if you're pregnant or thinking of of, um, uh, pregnancy. And if you are going to try anything, um, uh, talk to your physician ahead of time and perhaps even talk to a um, uh, uh, a therapist to see if there's some uh, reason, some cause uh, that the therapist can help you with for your depression. 
So I'm thinking, you know, we're not going to go out and buy a tin hat and start putting magnets on our head, I don't think. Probably not. I mean, like anything else, you know, you uh, you say to yourself, well, I'm not feeling well, I'm going to take uh, St. John's wort, you read the bottle and it says, uh, take one a day, and you think, well, one a day is for sissies, I'm going to take five a day. <laughs> And then six weeks later, you're saying, you know, I feel really funny. And, uh, you know, and you go to your doctor and he says, uh, well, have you changed anything? And you say, yeah, six weeks ago, I started taking St. John's Ward. He says, well, how much are you taking? Well, five times the usual dose. No, 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 no. Back off. <laughs> you know, he's not saying don't take St. John's Ward, but he's saying right. don't don't OD on it, and uh, I think that's the same with this. Uh, you know, when when you think about it, where we are, we've known 10 years the connection, well, 15 years the connection between insomnia and major depressive disorders, and now we're saying, well, maybe uh, transcranial magnetic therapy uh you know, that's, we're in very early days here. So I'm not saying yeah. don't try it. What I am saying is try it with your physician or therapist so that uh, some of these side effects don't spin out into your life. Yeah, so that we can monitor you know, what's, uh, what's going on. Yeah, I think that's a great uh, a bit of advice. And uh, another bit of advice is that uh, even without transcranial uh, uh, magnetic uh, stimulation, if you are having problems with uh, either sleep or depression, uh, medication does work for some people. Um, talk therapy does work for some people. And so both Ralph and I would urge you to uh, uh, not not suffer in silence. You do not have to suffer in silence. You can, you can uh, hey, you're not weak if you're depressed. You're not weak if you say, I am having trouble uh, sleeping. You're with yeah. the other uh, 300 million people on the planet. And, and that estimate of 300 million is probably a gross underestimate because for the most part we don't talk to others about our uh, uh, psychological problems. You know, hey, yeah. Ralph, how are you? Oh, I'm fine today, Jim. Uh, and, you know, you just run over your cat and, and uh, you know, you're... you're you know, uh, your three checks have just bounced in the bank, and your house is uh, uh, on fire. Oh yeah, Jim. I'm uh, things are just fine. How about you, Jim? Oh yeah, things are fine there, Ralph. So we yeah, we well, you know, Jim, we we kind of have in in the West this this image of uh, you know what what a uh, a man does and. Uh, you know, part of that is suck it up and carry on. Okay, macho. And, yeah, I got yeah. you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I think uh, you know, we we need maybe to uh, to start saying, uh, you know, I better find a therapist or at least a good friend that. I can say I I need to talk and you know I, mm-hmm. I I don't want you to give me answers I just want you to hear this out and yeah. 
and get to the point where we can talk to somebody when when we're feeling that the world is six to four against and you know yeah. our lives are going to hell in a handbasket. Mm-hmm. Yep. Excellent point. Yeah, it's not. Uh, you don't have to be crazy to seek psychological help or the help of uh, of a, co- a friend or colleague. Sometimes you have to be crazy not to. Well, uh, I know I have in the past uh, talked both to friends and and therapists, and it's helped. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Me too. Me too. Well, we haven't gotten to languishing, but uh, if uh, our listeners want to learn more about it, they click on the uh, the link uh, down below uh, by uh, Adam Grant, a TED Talk by Adam Grant. Uh, yeah. Pretty interesting. Puts uh, puts our some of the, the suffering that we're seeing around uh, into uh, a different perspective. And uh, he too says, uh, you know, we don't have to make the socially appropriate response to everybody who says, hey, how are you? Sometimes you could just say, bad. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, in well, fact, uh, I watched a, uh, a video clip uh, yesterday, Jim, of a, a guy who uh, comes up to another fellow who's, uh, who's standing at a service counter uh, in a store, and he says, uh, hi, how are you today? Expecting the usual, oh, I'm fine. Uh, what he what he got was, I'm having a terrible day. What's your problem? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, we've looked at a lot of things today, Ralph. We looked at the relationship between sleep and uh, depression. You know, we've introduced this concept of languishing. And if you want a a, a place where uh, you might have seen this word in the past. In Charlotte's web, toward the end, Charlotte's not doing very well. She says, "I'm languishing." You know, so well, there's where. It, yeah, I was going to say, Jim, that uh, the the term that that term uh, I kind of associate with uh, you know some of the uh, Victorian authors like uh, Jane Austen uh, and their characters who seemed particularly the female characters, some of whom seem to spend a, a lot of time going out in the garden at midnight uh, in the moonlight to eat rose petals and otherwise just kind of languish around the house. Yeah, well, that's that's one possibility, I suppose. But uh, Grant makes the, uh, uh, the case that uh, the last two years have uh, really contributed to it and uh, we can't even get out of the house to find rose petals uh, these days. And right at the very beginning of his TED Talk, he talks about how he how his his sleep uh, uh, life has been uh, very uh, dysregulated, and uh, um, pretty pretty uh, uh, pretty interesting. You know, we've talked about uh, meaningfulness as part of resilience to help you. Uh, uh, kind of yeah, cold, cold well, with happening. Yeah. Well, this, this is maybe a spoiler, but uh, well, I won't do it as a spoiler. <laughs> the thing that he finds to uh, uh, help him with meaning and resilience is the most off the wall thing that you can possibly imagine. And I'm not going to tell you what it is. You can listen to the podcast. You know the 
the uh, TED Talk also. But it is bizarre. Okay. I'll look forward to that. <laughs> okay. Well, until next week, this is Jim. And Ralph. Saying, uh, keep your stick on the ice. And, man, we got lots of ice around here in the middle part of Michigan. Because. Because. We're all in this. Together. Together. Yeah,